This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome. This is the abbreviated West Virginia University Football Podcast. I am Mike Casazza from Earsports.com. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. We are two days away from West Virginia going on the road, risking a four-game winning streak and a 2-0 start in the Big 12 against the man who delivered the Mountaineers their last four-game winning streak and 2-0 start in the conference. WVU at Houston. Dana Holgerson says hello. 7 p.m. kick on FS1. Life-changing occasion? I don't know about that. But uh, speaking of life-changing, I hope you got your hands on some Powerball tickets. I don't hope you won. Hope I won. Because I put some money in the machine. I don't think I'm smart enough to pick the number, so I always let the machine do it for me. My ticket's really interesting. It's around here. Right here somewhere. Here it is. Um, Came out and it said this. This is a podcast about West Virginia football. We talk about three things relevant to the Mountaineers. One starts with the W, one starts with the V, one starts with the U, and away we go. The W is for wares, which is what West Virginia gets to show off in yet another primetime game. That's four primetime kicks in six games so far. The exceptions are Duquesne, obviously, and Texas Tech, which is still highly interesting, highly entertaining. But little by little, you get more and more of a look at the Mountaineers, and you learn more and more about them. And here we are again, this time on a Thursday night with a chance to learn more as the spotlight hones in on the second-place team in the Big 12. This is a much different story than you heard for the first Big 10 game on NBC, or the backyard brawl, or a visit to the defending national runner-up. This isn't so much about the stage, the event, or the opponent, as it is West Virginia. At least that's what I anticipate. Granted, the focus will not be solely on the Mountaineers. They're not quite that good yet. There's Houston. There's that program's transition to the Big 12. And there's the obvious Dana Holgerson connection. But they're going to talk about West Virginia once more. And just think about the content and the quality of those conversations. How different they'll be. Questions about Neil Brown? Those are compliments now. The doubts or or concerns about the Mountaineers, those are achievements and accolades, and they can add to that now. They're favored in a Thursday night conference road game with that offense. Now, they really believe they can be rid of the handcuffs on offense and brandish some of their weapons now. A good time to do that. They've played pretty good and honestly pretty entertaining defense. Plus, they've had time to recharge the players we're logging a lot of snaps and we'll probably have to do so for the future, but also prepare players who have to make a leap due to the trouble with injuries and death and just the inevitability of life in this conference. But also they've spent some time basking in good vibes. This is all new and different and probably exciting for them and for you. And you don't think that the nationally televised stage is a chance to show off who they are and what they can do? Of course, of course. 
Now, if there are questions about the Mountaineers, this is the chance for them to produce some exclamations, including this one. Hey, they're going to be all right. The V is for viability. This is the buzzword, right? Can this really work? Is this offense stuck? Or can it get to another level? Not a lot of points or punch yet. And question two, is this defense inspired or endangered by the roster? Not a lot of depth or wiggle room right here. If we're being honest, we know the answers. Can't sustain this way, right? The Mountaineers know that. Neil Brown said it Monday. They have to score more points. Now, that's going to be a little bit more challenging without Tomas Remock and perhaps also Wyatt Milam. Remock, the starting left guard, is out for a little bit. Milam, the starting left tackle, might not play Thursday. But the Mountaineers also know better than to just assume other offenses aren't going to be better and won't be able to take advantage of the defense. Now, that could be on the scoreboard, that could be on scouting, that becomes more relevant as the season goes on, but the ice is just thinner now. It's not realistic to expect this defense to keep it going, especially when you look at the numbers. Numbers in the roster, I mean, not numbers in the stat category. Stats are fine. Roster is kind of concerning. I don't have to tell you this, but the two deep is thin with more than half a season to go. Maybe that's why they don't even put a two deep out. They just can't come up with one on defense. Why bother, right? Houston passes more than it runs and really might have the best receivers the Mountaineers have seen so far. And they're going to challenge WVU secondary, which is worrisome if Aubrey Burks doesn't play. Starting free safety is questionable. But even with him, some creativity is required to figure out how to make it work at linebacker, no Trey Lathan, and defensive back. And that puts more pressure on the shoulder pads of the defensive linemen, plus the top shelf linebackers and defensive backs. The Mike, the Will, the 5 DBs, they have to play a lot, and they have to play really well when they're in there. That's the plan. We'll see if it works. Finally, the U is for unusual. That's what this is. There's a distinct WVU flavor in the Houston program. That begins with Holgerson. He was the coach here for eight years. He did a lot. He could have done more. It started wonderfully. It could have ended better. If you ask me, I don't think that side of the fence was in love with the way the WVU side of the fence talked about the situation it inherited. Remember the whole state of the cupboard discussion we had? That's a long time ago. Things have changed. West Virginia's 80 is gone. There's exactly one Mountaineer who was part of Holgerson's program. It's Malachi Ruffin for scoring at home. There are four former WVU players on the Houston side. Michael Lachlan, Tony Mathis, Sam Brown, Noah Guzman. Throw in the many Houston staffers who were with West Virginia. And it's even more unusual. I count 12 staffers from Holgerson all the way down to his graduate assistant office. You can find TJ Simmons there. Coordinators, coaches, strength coaches, analysts, you name it. A lot of them have been in the Pushgar Center. I don't know how personal that's going to be for all of them. Uh, for some of them, absolutely it's personal, but those are other stories for other days. But there's going to be emotion and incentive for all of them. It's another game they have to win. They want to win heightened slightly too significantly because of who they're playing. Everybody wants to upgrade and be in a better position than they were before, but that also includes the Mountaineers and the coaching change that they endured some time ago. Saturday night, someone will look like they made the right move. So there you have it. A weird opportunity for two teams trying to validate myriad decisions and ultimately win a football game that means more than a mere reunion.